Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. I'm Pastor Levi Secord. In our last episode, we discussed truths about human identity in general. Whether you're a Christian or not, these things were true about you. You're a creation made in the image of God that gives you worth and value. You're a sinner, fallen, bent towards sin that makes you um, in need of redemption. You have value. You have worth. You have a relationship with God and others. You have rights. All of these things are what it means to be a human in general before salvation. In today's episode, we're going to look at what does it mean to be a Christian? What are the identifying truths of a Christian? So we're looking at our identity. You're a, you're a human. You're made in God's image. You're fallen. You're, you're all of these things. But what does it mean differently about your identity when you are a Christian? And so I have eight, eight truths about your identity as a Christian. We're going to unpack these here uh, in, in order. First, you are now redeemed and owned by Christ. You are not your own. You've been bought at a price. You belong to the Savior, Jesus Christ. He spilled his blood so that you are now his. You are not the world's. You are not Satan's. You are not even yourself. You belong to yourself. You belong to Christ, and you are being redeemed. You are purchased out of an old way of life. There are new realities that are formed for you first in Christ. So there's a fundamental shift, a renewing, a transformation that takes place at the moment of salvation and then is working itself out all the way until you go to be with the Lord and then the final resurrection that you're being made into the image of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Second, you are, as First Peter uh, chapter 2 says, you are precious living stones, um, in a chosen race. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, you are being built upon the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. You are a building, the temple of God on earth. Where does God dwell in this age? He dwells in his people, uh, the church. And so if the world wants to know God, if they want to commune with God, they have to go to his church, his people who are a living, uh, who are a group of living stones built upon the cornerstone that is Christ. But it also says that you are a chosen race. You are a new people group. That there are really just two races in this world. It's not by skin color. It's not by ethnicity. It's not by face shape or hair color or a birth location. It is about the second birth. It's not the first birth. It's the second birth. You are a chosen race. There is the race of Adam, who are still dead in their sin and their trespasses. And there is the race of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. That you are this new people. And this means for Christians, when we're talking about identity in a worldly sense, as like my people versus a different people, that there are really just two people groups. Right? And all of these transcend ethnicities, they transcend nations. That is, you are either under Adam, you're either of this world, or you are in Christ, the second Adam. Those are the only two identifying races that matter to Christ. You're either of the seed of the woman or the seed of the serpent. You are either Christ or you aren't. Third, as that, you are now a child of God through Christ. Right? So you are now God's son or his daughter. You are the firstborn inheritant, in the one who receives the inheritance from God in Christ. So to be a Christian is to be a child of God in a way that is not true of those who are not Christians. Now, all humans, in a sense, are children of God in that they are created by God, but they are now either children of wrath, as we read in the New Testament, or children of God, children of grace. You and I now, those who have repented and believed in Christ, are rightly called, fully called, children of God. He is our father. We can address God as our father. He loves us as a father loves his children. He protects us as a father protects his children. He provides for us as a father provides for his children. 
There is something sweet and wonderful and beautiful in this reality that your identity, if you are in Christ, is you are a child of God. You are of his family. You are his by birthright. Fourth, all of this initial things have happened to you, but you are also being transformed degree by degree into the image of Christ. This is Romans uh, 8, 29 and around that. It's this idea that You've been saved, yes, but now you are slowly, degree by degree, becoming more like your Savior. That you are not now everything you will be in Christ. We will see glimpses of victories and growth and holiness and sanctification and love for God and love for neighbor, but you are not yet perfect. You are not yet everything you can be. And this is also true of your fellow Christians. This is also true of your church, of your spouse, your children. They are not perfect and you should not place that weight upon them. They will be perfect. Christ now is their perfection and Christ is perfecting them. And so you are being transformed right now, degree by degree, through the trials and the tribulations of this life to become more like your Savior, Jesus Christ. Fifth, this means that all Christians now have two selves, as it were, as the Bible describes it in Ephesians chapter 4 and I believe also Colossians chapter 3, is you have the old self and the new self. You have your old sinner, sinful nature, and you have the new nature that is invading and taking over in Christ. So you have the Holy Spirit living within you, and you also have your old sinful desires. And you have this war then, this tension that the Christian has uh, that the unbeliever doesn't. The unbeliever can go about sinning, and he largely, except in, in certain moments of conviction, doesn't care. He doesn't feel that battle, whereas the Christian hates his sin and yet still gives in to his sin at times. The Christian feels the tension between the old self and the new self, and so Paul commands us, or God through Paul, commands us to put off that old self, to put off your old identity and to put on the new identity as you're being made in the image of Christ, that these new realities are to be grown in you, that you are to work to become more like your Savior, that you are to put to death, to mortify that which is earthly, that which is sinful in you. Earthly doesn't mean physical. That which is sinful in you so that you might live like Christ, more like him day by day. Sixth, this means that Christians are created to obey, are being renewed to obey. We are saved not through obedience, but by grace through faith, so that we might obey God like Adam didn't, that we might obey him for all eternity in Christ by the Spirit. One of the most famous uh, verses or passages in the Bible is Ephesians 8, uh, or Ephesians 2, sorry. 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved. It is not of works, lest that no man should boast. But then verse 10, we often leave out. But you are God's workmanship created for good works. Our salvation moves us to works. It is the root and the foundation that good works naturally spring out of. To be a Christian is to be called to be faithful and obedient to the covenant. Will you be perfect in this life in doing that? No, Christ is your perfection. His blood covers all of your sins. But you are an obedient child bought at a price and you are to grow in that obedience. To put it plainly, obedience is not a dirty word. You are not to follow your own heart. You are to follow the commands of Christ. Seventh, the paradoxical truth of this life is captured for us by Christ in uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 25. It is that if you want to save your life, if you want to keep it, you will lose it. But if you will give up your life, you will find it. Key to the Christian life is that you will find yourself when you are willing to lose it in Christ and for others. Life is not found by looking within. Life is found with dying within 
laying down your life for something greater, then you will truly find it. That is the paradox of the gospel. That is what Jesus does. He goes to the cross. He lays down his life, and through it, he grants us eternal life, and he raises and is risen in victory, sends to the right hand of the Father, and is given the name that is above every name, that every knee shall bow at his name. This is what it means to be a Christian. It is to live that backwards kind of life, to lay down your life, and then you find it. Eighth and finally, we are waiting for our full redemption. We are living in that already, not yet tension that we've talked a lot about uh, throughout this series, that we are already these new realities, but we are not yet there fully. And so we wait in this age. We work in this age as we await the full redemption, the full renewal of our bodies, the full renewal of our souls, our minds, our wills, our spirits, the full renewal of this creation. Just as creation groans out for salvation, Christians do too. We look forward to the coming of Christ and we yearn for it that we might sin no more. We yearn for it to be in full communion with God again. We yearn to be in perfect relationship with one another again. We yearn to be free from the bondage of sin and the decaying body in a sinful and wretched world. So we await that full redemption. That is part of what it means to live in this age. Things are not yet as they should be, but we see glimpses of gospel victory. The gospel goes forward in power in our lives and in this world, and we yearn and we wait for the coming of Christ. We pray for it and we work to spread his kingdom until then. That is what it means to be a redeemed creature. God is renewing us to what we were supposed to be. God is transforming us and making us into the image of Christ, and we await that day when we will be that in fullness. That is her identity. It is a beautiful and wonderful hope for now and for the future. This is what it means to be a Christian. You don't go looking for your identity. Christ is that identity for you. All right, we have one more, one more episode here we're going to unpack then. How do we live? How do we live in this age uh, in between the already and the not yet as we know who we are in Adam and then in Christ? I encourage you to like, comment, and share this video as we continue to unpack that Christian worldview one minute at a time.